A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And good morning. It's a Tuesday, third day of December. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Happy to help you wake up in the weather. Well, that's helping us as well. Today, it looks like we'll have partly sunny skies, not quite as cold. 39 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 38. Thursday, partly sunny, 37. Honestly, we've got fairly decent weather all the way through the weekend. Then Monday, things uh, get a little dicey again with more precipitation coming back around. Our Wisconsin farmers continued to use whatever window of opportunity they could find to try to finish up the harvest of 2019. I've got the latest harvest numbers coming up after 5.30. And before we hit 6 o'clock, this is the time of the year when our dairy processors are busy. Whether it's eggnog or whether it's our cheesemakers, there's a lot of volume of business that's being transacted. Talking with one of our Wisconsin cheesemakers before 6 on how he's staying ahead of the consumer curve. So stick around. Lots of conversation coming up, including Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, down the road about 15 minutes or so. Castles, culture, and cows. That's the combination we've got lined up for you on our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to come along to Scotland and Northern Ireland, September 15th through the 25th. We'll start off with three nights in Glasgow, where we'll cruise Loch Lamond, tour the Inverary Castle. Then it's on to historic Edinburgh and touring the capital cities of Belfast and Dublin. Just think about the history there. You want to talk history? We'll be touring the Titanic Belfast Museum and also witnessing the breathtaking Giant's Causeway. We've got agricultural highlights included, a visit to an Ireland dairy farm, and the fantastic National Museum of Rural Life in Scotland. Call 800-826-2266 for details or email me for a brochure, pam at midwestfarmreport.com. Also online, holidayvacations.com. Scotland and Ireland, join us. It's that time of the year, Pam, when folks are looking at big sales auctions out in the rural countryside. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And tell us about the latest in the worlds of auctions. Well, you're right, Scott. There are a lot of folks that are probably wrapping up this calendar year wondering if they want to scale back. Maybe they want to exit an industry altogether. And that's where our auction system seems to play in. I'm Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn. Josh Scramlin had a chance to visit with some of the folks that are connected with big iron auctions. They do auctions all across the countryside, large and small. And there's some very interesting trends that they're noticing as far as farm auctions are concerned. Whether you've been involved in one in the past, whether you're thinking about one in the future, you really need to pay attention to these trends. Josh? It's Josh Gramlin for the Midwest Farm Report, and right now I am joined by... Mark Stock, and I'm a co-owner, co-founder of Big Iron Auction and Big Iron Realty. My name is Ted Shepman. 
I'm a district manager in Kansas. All right, guys, so walk me through it. Right now, unfortunately, in Wisconsin, there's a lot of people that are getting out of farming, not because they want to, but because they have to, because of not just the dairy crisis, but farming in general. My dad's a hand straw farmer in Michigan. He is having this conversation right now. So if a farmer is starting to get to that mindset, they're to that point, what is the conversation that you guys want to have with them? Well, first of all, we want them to understand that our organization is made up of farmers. Uh, our independent reps are farmers, and this is sometimes their extra income job. So they can relate to the struggles uh, and the challenges that have been taking place in agriculture. Uh, we are very sympathetic uh, to the cause, and uh, we try to partner with that uh, farmer to develop a plan that satisfies him and maybe their lending, uh, uh, lending agency's goals. So it, it's, a, it's a tedious process. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've helped several people through it. We've got a lot of experience with that issue, and uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And how long would a process as such take? I mean, are we talking months, years? You know, several months in order to do a good job uh, putting everything together, because when you offer your equipment to sell, uh, you know, it takes a lot of time not only to prep the equipment, but it also takes a lot of time to get accurate information, the video footage, and all the pictures put together. So usually six weeks is the minimum requirement to get something sold on uh, our online auction platform. Uh, but we have those procedures put in place because we are exposing it to such a large volume of uh, viewers. You know, 1.9 million IP addresses every month look at the Big Iron site. So we just want to make sure that we're doing the best job we can for that particular seller. Mm -hmm. When you're looking across the country, what is the market looking like right now for farm auctions? Well, the market's strong. I mean, it really is. With the, uh, there's, there's a lot of stress on the farm right now, so we've realized and noticed there's, uh, there's a lot of demand for good used equipment. And, there, and there's still a demand for, for real estate. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that uh, large farms are getting larger. There's a lot of outside investors looking to put their money somewhere. So it's... Uh, you know, we have a lot of compassion, as Mark said, for the, the sellers because it's, it, it could be a stressful stressful time in your life, but there is, there's life after it. I guarantee it. I'm, I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I, I fully believe this is, this is the best way to, to get out of it is we can offer a turnkey service and help you through it every step of the way. Mm -hmm. What was the process like for you personally when you started uh, to sell your farm and all of, it, it's a, all of its equipment and assets? Well, it was hard. It was really hard, I mean, and, it's, and it's scary. It's scary at the moment because you really feel alone. So I... Uh, I reached out to the, our local big iron guy at the time, and, and I, he just kind of he came to my house. He sat down with me and my wife, my family, and we all talked about it. We kind of put a plan together. Uh, we kind of had a goal what we thought the equipment might bring. It, uh, I think overall, it brought 40 percent more than we even thought it would bring, which really helped us out of the struggle that we were in at the time. So um, I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. How can farmers get the best uh, return on investment when you're looking at an auction? Because as he just said, 40 percent more. How would you get something like that? Well, you have to pick an auction company that's transparent. You have to pick an auction company, in our opinion, that uh, has an absolute auction process and they don't game the public. You have to uh, prepare yourself to uh, answer a lot of questions and calls from prospective buyers. Our platform always uh, uh, publishes the owner's name and a contact information. So uh, a bidder, potential bidder, will call and ask questions. You have to prepare yourself for all those questions. Um, and, and you have to just work with that auction company and believe 
that we're going to help them through the process because we're going to ask for specific things and uh, we're doing it because it works mm -hmm. and some of those things are the transparency that a buyer likes to see because of the way we conduct our sales uh, the the way that the information is put on social media sites and the way that it is promoted and broadcast in all types of medias is a huge advantage to that particular seller. Uh, so we'll walk them through that whole path uh, and have a whole detailed line of things that we will discuss and expose them to so they are not shocked uh, as the process continues. Now we've been talking about the seller thus far. Let's talk about the buyer. There's a lot of scams online. What are the <laughs> yes? What what are the things that uh, are the telltale signs that somebody's looking at a scam? Because I know, as I mentioned, my dad's a hand straw farmer. He was looking at a piece of equipment. I'm like, Dad, this is not legitimate. Sometimes it's convincing. How do you avoid that? We have transparency on our site, so we show the bid history, and you can see where the bid's coming from. You see a number, you see a state where it's coming from, and if anybody ever has any questions about the legitimacy of it. They can call our office and we will be able to identify, not that particular person, but whether it is a scam or not. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't allow shill bidding. It's not allowed in our process. So a seller can't have somebody bid up the item to create a false market. Mm -hmm. uh, so our seller is under a contract that they can't do that, which then protects the buyer from being scammed throughout that process. So uh, the buyer has a lot of ways to uh, validate the legitimacy of our sale through the means we have already talked to. They can call the seller, they can watch the website for transparency, and our reputation can prove that we back up uh, the things I just talked about. Something that I didn't even really know existed because back in Michigan where I'm from, it's more or less handshake deals. My dad just lets his buddies come onto his property and uh, use it for hunting. But if you want to get a little more official and maybe make a little bit of money off of this, what is the service that you guys offer? I've never heard of anything like this. Well, we uh, did some pilot runs and actually uh, had some auctions for hunting lease on uh, specific tracts of land. And we were overwhelmed by the number of people that replied and responded to uh, opportunities for getting exclusive hunting rights. Mm -hmm. One particular example was a 1,300 tract of land that was primarily pasture, had some good tree cover. Uh, had a lot of open space too, and uh, it was put up for a 90-day hunting lease for deer and for turkey and for pheasant. And a group of people pulled money together, and they were bidding against other bidders, but it ended up uh, leasing for $7,300 for that 90-day hunting period. Well, now that landowner, you know, he's got some money now to help pay his real estate taxes. And uh, the buyers were really thrilled because it was. 12 guys went together. It was 1,300 acres, big spread. Mm -hmm. So those those guys went together. They're all throwing in a little bit, and they love to hunt. And it's not just deer, and it's not just turkey, and it's not just uh, bow, or it's not you know just rifle. It's the whole 90-day hunting, whatever that state allows. So we did that, and our phone has blown up uh, with people that say, hey, I want to offer my land for hunting. Nobody's even hunting it now. And um, we even got a lot of bidders that have called us and said, when's your next one? Because it's so hard for them to find opportunities to go hunting with. So we think it's a fair shake for both sides. I think the day of giving somebody a stick of summer sausage and a case of beer is over for going to hunt their, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 acres, uh, just because that's the change of the time. Is there a minimum on the acreage or could it be anything? No, you know, we, some people say I got two acres. 
I got two acres right along a river, and I got a lot of trees out there. And there's even a tree stand out there that my boy used to hunt on. But then he moved and got a job somewhere else. And me and my husband, we don't hunt. So, but you know, if somebody wants to go hunt that, you know, what what would that be worth? I said, well, let's leave that up to the bidders and let them determine what it's worth. So, a fair market system is a fair market system, especially when you just let competition establish the price. All right, that is Mark Stock. He is the owner of Big Iron Auctions and some pretty interesting things that he was saying there in terms of farmer mindset, how long an auction as such would take to plan, what to watch out for when you're looking online and how to avoid scams, and then finally how to make a little bit of extra money on some property that might just be sitting there but would be considered a gold mine to the average hunter. Certainly lots to think about. Thank you so much to Mark and Ted from Big Iron Auctions. And from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Whether you are going on a short vacation or consider yourself a snowbird, it is important to prep your home before you leave. Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the Madison Police Department Crime Prevention Unit have 10 safety tips for you. Number one, make sure all of your exterior doors and windows are locked and then double check them all. Number two, make sure someone will shovel your sidewalk. Number three, have someone you trust check on your house every day or every other day. Number four, leave a contact number with a neighbor in case of an emergency. Tip number five, stop your mail and newspapers. Number six, make sure you have lights set on automatic timers and install exterior motion lights if you don't have them. Number seven, encourage a neighbor with more than one vehicle to park their vehicle in your driveway or garage. Number eight, don't mention that you're away on social media sites. Not only does it tell thieves you're away, but it's free information for scammers. Tip number nine, make an inventory list with photos of all your valuables. And tip number 10, make sure to sign up for Madison Police Department's vacation watch service. You can visit madisonpolice.com for more information. Wearing a farm cap on top of a cheese head, this is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yeah, you don't have to worry about hunkering down with those uh, flapper-dapper caps so much this morning. Uh, Not too bad, at least as far as the wind's concerned. Temperatures staying even this week. Don't want to steal too much thunder from Stumacher Ag Meteorologist. It's coming up on 520. Well, you know, like I said, I noticed, uh, and I really noticed it at this time of the days too, uh, everybody must have taken advantage of the, well, we'll call it more mild weather. Uh, from my house to the radio station, I see awful lot more Christmas lights that are out, uh, I should say holiday lights to be politically correct. Uh, and bottom line is it's uh, glowing in my neighborhood this morning. That's a good way to use uh, some of this more mild, moderate weather, huh? 
Yeah, I guess that's a good thing to do. I'm I'm still looking at chores need to be done and you know everything else and lights. Yeah, you know, we'll get there maybe. Yeah, I know. Well, and you're you're right. We still uh, there's still a lot of frustrated farmers out there trying to get this harvest done. But like I mentioned yesterday, depends on where you are. I'm guessing these temperatures are not moderate enough to get rid of some of that snow we picked up over the weekend. No, that's the unfortunate aspect. I mean, I was talking to a buddy up from around De Pere. He figured it was somewhere between ten inches and a foot. Well, you know, the soybeans might almost peak out of that little snow cover, but. Might is the word, and we're not going to melt it off in a big hurry, although it will compress, you know, on a day where it gets above 32 and the sun tries to shine like it will today or again tomorrow, that snow cover just kind of shrinks a little bit. It compresses down. That's what we'll have going on for a couple of days. That's probably some of the better news there is to share this morning, and uh, that along with the fact that temperatures are pretty mild. It may feel kind of cool this morning, but our normal nighttime lows, what we'd see right about this time of the day, 19 and 20 degrees, 19 at La Crosse, 20 Madison, we're on the above normal side. And through the day today, tomorrow, Thursday, I expect those daytime high temperatures to be in the upper 30s. That's above normal in the mid 30s. So it's all going to be a little benefit there. High pressure is nearby. A weak disturbance. The little line is just slipping through Wisconsin today. That's why we have a cloudy start. But even then, I expect some sun. It should brighten up a little more this afternoon. Definitely, there'll be some sunshine around Wednesday and on into the day Thursday. Nothing to even be concerned about on weather radar. Some snow up Lake Superior, far northern Lake Michigan. It'll stay up there. It's not our problem. I don't expect that we'll really talk about a snow chance until we look on toward a little later Sunday or on toward Monday. And until that time, temperatures like normal and above are what we expect to continue. I'll have forecast details right after this. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compere.com. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. All righty, Stu, what do we got ahead today? Well, today with that little disturbance in the north, some morning clouds. But through the day, it will brighten up. The skies clear out, a little more sun evident. Upper 30s, that's above normal. Southwest winds become west today at about 5 to 10. Overnight, partly cloudy, back into the upper 20s, still above normal. West winds 5 to 15. Call it partly sunny tomorrow, should brighten up. There'll be a pretty good looking day. Again, in the upper 30s is what I expect, you know, 36, 38 degrees. Northwest winds 5 to 15. They could gust to 25. And Thursday, partly sunny again. More likely very upper 30s. 38, 39, could be a 40 somewhere. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. And just when you like all of that, Pam, Friday, we may stick just at the upper 20s or almost 30. A cool day. 
and it turns around again, moderates for the weekend. Sounds pretty nice. All right. Good deal. I'll take that. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You bet. Have a good day. Stu Muck, our Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details. Let's take a look at current conditions across the state. Everybody pretty much in the same neighborhood as far as temperatures. La Crosse, you're clear in 28. Mauston, clear in 28. Fond du Lac, some clouds, but still 28. Oshkosh, partly cloudy, 28. Madison at the airport, partly cloudy, 28 degrees. Just another reminder, today is what they call Giving Tuesday, where a lot of our nonprofits are looking for you to make a donation. want you to think all across Wisconsin agriculture. We've got a lot of foundations, a lot of associations, and uh, they could use your uh, gift today. So think about that. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and Stand Up to Cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. Looking to remodel your bathroom? It shouldn't be like getting a root canal. Ganser is the answer with Bath Creations by Ganser Company. Give us 80 minutes for our 80 years to make a painless decision. We are proud to introduce Bath Creations by Ganser Company. Schedule your free in-home consultation or visit our beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. Ganser, that's the answer. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. Have you heard the news? Ganser Company is your home for J.D. Power's top-ranked window and patio door manufacturer, Infinity from Marvin. You'll get 80 years of our experience to make an informed decision in 80 minutes. Schedule your free in-home consultation and get your home ready for the Wisconsin winter. Ganser has the answer. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. Ganser, that's the answer. You need corn hybrids with genetics and traits bred and tested in local conditions. I'm Shannon Latham. That's what you get from family-owned, proudly independent Latham high-tech seeds. Numbers developed for your fields. New Star 4795 VT Double Pro Rib features great disease tolerance. Five-time first test winner 5245 VT Double Pro Rib is a Goss Boss. And 5739 Smart Stacks Rib is a widely adapted gladiator hybrid. Pick the best field by field at LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, 
jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Congratulations on your recent marriage. Now is the time to update that old policy. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Wisconsin's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. Did Wisconsin talk about after the game, Zach, maybe finding the keys to offense? I, I don't know where that has been with Quintez Cephas all year. I mean, we've seen flashes, but he was obviously the focal point of that game. And now you see uh, the hype and why people are so excited to get him back. I mean, he, he was the best player on the field when they were throwing him the football on Saturday. Yeah, it was unexpected just the way that they threw the ball considering the conditions. Um, you know, Jack Cohn said it didn't bother him whatsoever. He <laughs> like felt like we were in the backyard back in Long Island when I was a kid. Um, and, and, yeah, Quintez Cephas, they got him going early. I thought that was the key. They got him going early on a couple of slants and finding the ball, getting the ball in his hands, keeping him involved. And, you know, he is, brings as much energy to that team as anybody, especially offensively. So, um, yeah, and then, the I mean, I – Sometimes you see the aggressiveness out of Paul Christ, and sometimes you don't, and you saw it on, on Saturday. I mean, the throw on first their first possession coming out of the second half, you know, they throw the deep ball to Cephas for 31 yards, come back two plays later and find him for the 47-yarder. That was uh, that was the type of offense that I think a lot of people were hoping to see this year, you know, try and spread teams out and throw the ball down the field, and it was pretty. It was pretty on Saturday. Uh, visiting with our sports director, Zach Heilprin. So now we get the, the rematch uh, is set. Is this one of those, Zach, be, be careful what you wish for? Or do you think Wisconsin, you know, is saying, look, we get a we get another chance to right 
what was a terrible wrong in Columbus, you know, a month ago. What do you think the mindset is going into Saturday night? Well, I remember talking to guys after the game uh, in Columbus, and especially Cole Van Landon, the left tackle, and he was talking about, I hope we get another chance. Uh, I want another chance. Because in the, he was talking about Ohio State in general, but I think he was a lot of talking about Chase Young as well and how Chase Young essentially just ruined them offensively. So, And, he, and I asked him about it after the game on, on Saturday as well, and he said it's a huge opportunity, it's a huge challenge, but really they have nothing to lose at this point. Um, you know, No one expects them to win. Obviously the Las Vegas doesn't. Um, cause I, what, what's the spread, spread. now? Last time I saw it, it was 16. 17 and a half it's up to. Yeah, so 17 and a half. I went back through the records, could not find a single game in the last 22 years Oof. where they were a bigger underdog. So they're, this is the biggest you know, deficit they're facing on that, on that side of things. So they have nothing to lose. No one expects them to win, and it's an opportunity. I'll be honest, I don't think, I don't think it's a great – I mean, it's a great opportunity. I don't think they have a, a great chance of pulling it off. But, again, I guess anything can happen, and we'll see what happens in terms of them finding a way to, to slow offense. The thing about Ohio State is if you slow their offense, great. How do you score? Or if you score, how do you slow their offense? Like they're just so well rounded. Hey, they're, Rutgers did score twenty one points against him, Zach. Never forget unleash that. Cone. Rutgers did score twenty one points against this defense. They, unleash they, cone. They, yeah, unleash unleash cone, assuming he can stay up for more than two seconds. <laughs> Quick pocket awareness. Zach, I mean obviously Wisconsin uses a lot of billboard or uh, bulletin board material. Because Chris Orr, I want to go back to Saturday real quick, and you had tweeted this out, Chris Orr's comments after the game about Minnesota disrespecting the Axe. Now, Wisconsin obviously gets a lot of fuel from getting disrespected. I guess you could go to that point spread against Ohio State right now, the biggest they've been for 20 seasons. But can you go back to the locker room of what Chris Orr was talking about, saying Minnesota disrespected the Axe over the past year? Yeah, the whole thing about the Axe, it was – that was their off-season focus. It was their, it was the biggest focus going back to winter conditioning, spring ball, summer conditioning, fall camp. The picture of Minnesota celebrating with the Axe in the trophy case where the Axe had been for quite some time, that had been their focus all all season long or all off-season long. Um, and it was also not – it wasn't in the picture, but, you know, Chris Orr went and uh, had, a, had a huge issue with the fact that uh, the way that P.J. Fleck – really P.J. Fleck, I guess Minnesota, handled the axe this this year. And it wasn't the celebration after the game. That that happens. That's that's what it is. It was the use the using it uh, and renting it out and sharing it, you know, to people. And he thought that they made some money on it. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, I assume they, I'm assuming it is. Um, he had an issue with them making money off of off the axe. That's he goes, it's not a commodity you can just sell or make money off of it's uh it's a special thing and then he also took issue with he called pj fleck essentially a liar saying that pj fleck said that wisconsin only allowed their seniors to touch the axe which wasn't true the only the seniors chop the goalposts but everybody can touch the axe and so there was there was a, a line and there was uh the way it was handled and so yeah he went off on he went off on it afterwards and it was the reason why instead of just chopping the goalposts they took the axe to midfield and started using it as a as an oar yeah and, uh this is the Farm Report with Pam Young. All righty, 5.35 now on a Tuesday morning coming up before 6 o'clock. This is a busy time of the year for our Wisconsin cheesemakers. Josh Scramlin joins us with one of our premier cheesemakers, Sid Cook from Car Valley Cheese, going to share his story on how he stays ahead of consumer preferences before 6 o'clock. And Reba's also going to be joining us in just a little bit, although right now it's not exactly 
roses in the dairy industry. Still, what we've got going on in the United States attracts international attention from dairy farmers elsewhere. She's got a story of an Irish dairy farmer that decided to make his home here in the United States. Stick around. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. Did you know on this date, back in 1927, the first Laurel and Hardy movie was released? Putting Pants on Philip. That's one of the short, silent films that Laurel and Hardy were famous for. That was kind of the beginning of that comedy duo. Also, this is the first time we saw neon lights on this date back in 1910. And on the state scene, back in 1947, the first television station signed on. It was WTMJ-TV in Milwaukee, only the 17th television station in the country. And that was on this date back in 1947. And now you know. Hey, I've been mentioning it through the morning. I want you to remember today is Giving Tuesday, a day when we encourage folks to donate to their favorite nonprofit. Now, there are plenty. Don't get me wrong. But I want to remind you first about the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. They would love to have your donation. Find out more online, WIS. For the number 4hfoundation.org or the Wisconsin FFA. Compure Financial has pledged $2,500 in matching funds today only for Giving Tuesday, and uh, they would definitely love your support. Again, wisconsinffa.org, another way that you can find out how to get involved with Giving Tuesday. I mentioned earlier that uh, our dairy industry not exactly thrilled with the way market prices are these days. Despite those challenges, the United States dairy industry still looks very attractive to dairy farmers elsewhere. Reba McClone joins us with an update on an Irish dairy farmer that decided to move his dairy operation to the United States. Reba? Change is never easy. From big transitions like switching jobs to smaller, non-consequential items like your driving route suddenly being changed, it can be a little off-putting. Now imagine taking your career and moving it to an entirely different country. Well, that's what Mike Kringen, a dairy farmer from South Dakota, did. I talked with him about that transition and some of the differences. I actually moved from Ireland in 2004 uh, uh, to uh, eastern South Dakota. I live in Brookings, South Dakota now, and then I'm on the board of Edge Cooperative for the last seven months. What made you choose to come over to South Dakota for dairy? Uh, While well, the state of South Dakota uh, realized that the best way to revitalize local towns would be to get more dairy processing and then get more dairy farms into the area. And uh, so they encouraged uh, a milk processor uh, to build a, a new cheese plant in Lake Norton, South Dakota, in the early 2000s uh, on the thing that they would try and help get more dairy cows back into South Dakota. Uh, in uh, 1980, there had been over 200,000 cows, and by the 2000s, it was down to less than 100,000. And uh, we're not quite back to 200,000 yet, but there has been a 50% growth between uh, 2006 and uh, currently today. Within your experience of transitioning, what were some of the challenges that you faced? Well, 
In Ireland, uh, temperature usually doesn't go above 85 in the summer or below 20 in the winter, so getting used to uh, wind chills of negative 40 was definitely a challenge. So what are some of those different practices that maybe you were used to in Ireland, but now you maybe don't use those here, or you had never used over in Ireland, and now you're using them regularly over in South Dakota? We're still talking about a, a dairy cow. A dairy cow is the same in Europe, the same as in the U.S. Uh, there's, you know, dealing with the temperature differences, uh, you do need, you know, uh, in South Dakota, the cows are in all year round. And in Ireland, you know, most of the cows are, are pasture grazed. Um, during the winter, they're, they're inside. In, in South Dakota, you know, because of the extremes in weather, and for cow comfort, they're inside all year round. So that would be probably the biggest difference. Other than that, it's, um, you know, you work with local farmers, you know, people who have local knowledge, uh, they know what works in the area. And that's true in South Dakota as it is in Ireland. It's interesting to see some of the differences between different continents when it comes to the dairy industry, but also how there's a lot of similarities as well. Once again, that was Mike Kringen, who is a dairy farmer in South Dakota who moved there from Ireland. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Hey, have you reserved your spot for the 2020 Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo? Registration is open and there's no better time. The early bird deal ends January 12th. This year's expo, February 6th and 7th at the Kalahari Resort and Convention Center in Wisconsin Dells. Attendees will be able to connect with fellow corn and soy producers as well as pork producers and with a massive trade show featuring more than 100 companies and over 160 booths. There's plenty to see and do. Register at cornsoyexpo.org. So as of Sunday, 66% of our Wisconsin corn crop had been harvested. That's three weeks behind last year, three weeks behind our five-year average. 86% of our soybeans are already off. Markets look firm in overnight electronic trade. December corn's up two and a half cents at 376. January beans are up three and a half at 874. December wheat, four cents stronger right now, 547 and a quarter. July wheat's up four, 542 and three quarters. Barrel cheese gained a penny to 225 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was down three at 193 and a quarter. Double A butter down two and three quarters cents yesterday, settled at $1.97. The fluid milk contracts right now, January is unchanged, 1899 a hundredweight. February milk closed 13 cents stronger at 1826. March was up 12 at 1785 a hundredweight. Boy, this is the time of the year for our Wisconsin dairy industry. The holiday season from now right on through uh, the Super Bowl Sunday. Online sales of cheese are seeing major growth. Right now, it's estimated by the end of 2019, we'll see more than $440 million of online cheese sales. That's a 54% growth in annual sales online. Talking about that next with one of our Wisconsin premier cheesemakers. Josh caught up with Sid Cook from Car Valley Cheese. We're going to find out how he is staying ahead 
when it comes to consumer preferences. What are consumers looking to buy during the holiday season? That's up next. And don't forget, today is Giving Tuesday, encouraging you to make a donation to your favorite nonprofit. Of course, Wisconsin 4-H Foundation would love to have your donation, as would the Wisconsin FFA Foundation. Just something to keep in mind. Josh joins us next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. Looking to remodel your bathroom? Ganser is the answer with Bath Creations by Ganser Company. We know you're busy. Give us 80 minutes for our 80 years to make a smart decision on your bathroom model. We are proud to introduce Bath Creations by Ganser Company. Schedule your free in-home consultation or visit our beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. Ganser, that's the answer. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. Have you heard the news? Ganser Company is your home for J.D. Power's top-ranked window and patio door manufacturer, Infinity from Marvin. You'll get 80 years of our experience to make an informed decision in 80 minutes. Schedule your free in-home consultation and get your home ready for the Wisconsin winter. Ganser has the answer. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. Ganser, that's the answer. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report. It's Josh Scramlin sitting here with one of the major players in the Wisconsin cheese-making industry. Sid Cook, owner of Car Valley Cheese. Now, you're a fourth-generation cheesemaker, so give me your family history and their involvement. <laughs> you're, you're starting to smirk a little bit. Uh, I, I know we could be here all day for it, but uh, as detailed as you can, your family history, please, within cheesemaking. Well, I had an uncle named uh, Ed Lepley, and uh, Uncle Ed Lepley was um, a, a great, great uncle. And uh, so I'm fourth generation, and then my grandparents were in the cheese business, and uh, my all my uh, uncles were cheesemakers, and my dad was a cheesemaker, and so the whole tribe had different cheese factories around uh, around Wisconsin. And what year would you say you guys started making cheese here in Wisconsin? Uh, we would have started in 1883. That sounds like such a long time ago. <laughs> and how long have you been involved in cheese making? Oh, I've had a cheese cheesemaker's license for 51 years and been making cheese for three or four years before that. Is it safe to say that this is what you always figured you would do? I mean, with such a a deep family history in that and growing up around it, did you ever see yourself doing anything else? Uh, Oh, absolutely. Um, I had thought that I should be an an attorney 
And uh, after I graduated from university, I decided that's not really what I wanted to do, sit behind a desk the rest of my life. And and uh, unfortunately, I've kind of um, made cheese all these years, and I'm, I'm kind of behind the steering wheel going from plant to plant so i don't get to to always do the things that i love to do making cheese so well i'll say this after testing your cheese study i'm really glad you didn't become an attorney because there was some very very delicious stuff being passed around the room and uh walk me through what does your overall operation look like storefronts plants number of employees we have about 140 employees and we have uh, eight of our own cheese stores that we sell directly to consumers we have um, four uh, manufacturing plants, plus uh, we have a distribution center where we do cut, wrap, storage, aging. Altogether, um, we've got a lot of a lot of things going. We uh, we also have, um, in addition to our retail, we do uh, we have a website, carvalleycheese.com, that we sell uh, mail order all over the United States. And so that's pretty much uh, pretty much the operation. Now, something that was very interesting is I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. You listed off your locations. I remember Mauston. I remember the Dells. Uh, the other ones are escaping me right now. But you were talking about how from store to store the demographics are different. What did you mean by that? Well, uh, the demographic is different. Um, some of our stores are local. Some of our stores are um, uh, you know on the interstate or in tourist locations where. Um, you know, people are stopping and they're looking for different products. So a tourist doesn't necessarily know what a cheese curd is mm-hmm. or be interested in uh, tenure cheddar, whereas uh, uh, the locals want cheese curd and and aged cheddars. Give me a rundown of your product line because, like I said, there were about five or six cheeses that were passed around today. How many different varieties of cheese? We make more than 100 different dairy products. So we make um, uh, sheep milk cheeses. We make goat milk cheeses. We do cow milk cheeses, we, and as well we do mixed milk cheeses. We're also doing butters, so we do a sheep, uh, sheep butter, goat butter, uh, cow butter, and as well we're doing a mixed milk um, butter with mixed cream. And that's not something that you really hear about a whole lot. Is that kind of a rarity in cheese making, the whole mixed milk thing? Well, I, I don't really know of anyone that's doing a lot of it like we are. Um, we were the first to do mixed milk cheeses in the state, and we started doing that in uh, 19, uh, 1998. And so we've been doing it for more than 20 years, and uh, we've been very successful with it. And our sales keep growing every year, and we uh, continue doing it. Now, you talk about all these different types of milk. Where are you getting your milk from? Most of our milk is very local. Um, the sheep milk comes from uh, the northern part of the state, up in the Eau Claire area. Um, our goat milk, we have some local, and then we have some that's coming uh, from the Fond du Lac area. And then our cow milk is just right around our right around our plant. I have to ask, for somebody that's been in the industry for so long and you, you own this successful cheese-making operation, what are the qualities in a young person that you think they need to have to be a successful cheesemaker? Passion. Yeah. They have to have passion, and uh, they have to be very, very interested in it and love the work. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, um, it's passion. And, and it's certainly a slow go. It's nothing that happens overnight, correct? No, uh, cheese making is um, it's it's slow money, and it takes a lifetime if you own your own uh, cheese company. And uh, but it's, it's it's a very satisfying um, business. 
you know, I mean, uh, some of the cheeses you make and sell that same day, like cheese curd and others, you have to wait for 10 years before you ta- before it's really ready to go. So we're doing everything from cheese curd to a 10-year age cheddar. Now talk to me about the obstacles that you as a cheesemaker face in this state. I think, um, you, you know, one thing would be the regulatory end of it for licensing and, um, you know, the financial standards that you have to have and maintain, um, which somewhat limits limits your growth. So you have to be very methodical about uh, growth and uh, your financials and how you run your business. So um, uh, that would be one obstacle. Um, and, and uh, you know, other obstacles are just, uh, you know, you have to have a banker that understands cheese because uh, most inventories, uh, the inventory goes up and then it goes down and gets paid off. Well, how do you do that when you're selling six-year cheddar and um, is growing at 20% a year? So you're constantly having to, uh, you know, roll those margins back in and put more cheese away, more cheese, more cheese, more cheese. And um, so you really have to have a banker that understands the business. Mm-hmm. With the changing tastes and preference and regulations, is it an industry that you have to constantly adapt or change? Because even though it's rooted in tradition, is the industry itself changing? Well, yes. Uh, you know, the one thing that you can always rely on is things are going to change. And, and you know, I mean, just um, labeling, uh, the way labels have changed. And then, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. You have to put the net weight on the exact weight piece on the front. You can't put it on the back. You know, it's just all of the regulation that goes with that that uh, doesn't always really make any sense because then you have to have more labels, which are expensive, and you have to design more. And so, you know, it's just uh, the regulations are constantly changing. It'd just be nice if they would just make up their mind, this is the way it's going to be, and then we're going to keep it that way for 10 years instead of changing it every few years. <laughs> You're not the first person to have said that to us. But uh, And then finally, before I let you go in, and again, thank you so much for your time. What excites you the most when you think about the future of your industry? Well, I, um, you know, I, I'm, I've been very innovative, so I always think about innovation. I think about making it, e- making it easier for our people to package, making it easier for our cheesemakers, and uh, you know, just how we can really be more efficient and do things in an easier way and be productive, and, and as well take care of our farmers and see that things are going well for them. And and uh, it really takes uh, really takes a, a lot to to make something like this happen because you've got your relationship with the farms, you have your relationship with your employees, you have a relationship with your bank, and um, and the uh, at the end of the day, you have to make money every year uh, to make things go, to take care of your farms, to take care of your um, employees and uh, people in the organization and and um, um, buy new equipment and, and just make imp- constant improvements. Well, thank you so much for your time. I feel enlightened on the cheese industry now, and thank you again. Well, thank you, Josh. That is Sid Cook. He is the owner of Car Valley Cheese. I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the 